Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows podcast on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. You can check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at Coach Bono's Show. Uh, check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bono's Show. You'll see us on there. And you can email us anytime at Show at gmail.com. Today is episode 40.5. And all, as always, on the Point Five pod, I'm joined by the legal counsel of the Coach Bono's co- uh, podcast, the token girl. She has great legs, but an even greater mind, my co-host, Ellen Wigginter. Ellen, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing all right. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay. I am going to need you to carry me a little bit today. As <laughs> allergies are, we are talking off before we got on here. Allergies are just wreaking havoc on me today. I sound a little gravelly. I'm trying to down as much water as possible, but it's, I'm stuffy. It's harsh, but I'll be all right. I feel pretty good other good. than that. Good. Well, well I'll try my best. Yeah. So, um, Hey, we're going to uh, we're going to have a little fun today. Just kind of run through what we're going to talk about. We're going to do a couple of quick points on a couple of sport current, uh, current sports things, and then we're going to do an, an uh, episode of what if. And our what if this week we're going to do because we're getting ready to talk about nil for the next couple of weeks. Our what if is going to be the greatest. What who would have been the greatest nil earners in college sports from history? Yes. So. Before we get into all that, we're going to make that kind of the back half of the show. I want to touch on a couple of things real quick. Just kind of get some uh, your thoughts on some things. We got the NBA Finals. Now, we're recording this Thursday. When you get folks hear this, it will be Friday, and you have already seen game one of the NBA Finals. We have not seen game one of the NBA Finals. I'll be watching that when I get home tonight. Um, first off, will you be watching the Finals? No, I'll be watching the Avs game. Okay. That's fair. You're, you got the, the Avs game. Um, are you got a pick for us? The Warriors or the Celtics? What do you think here? The Warriors I, I have the, home court. I, I think the Warriors are going to end up sweeping it. Really? A sweep? Um, Boston has struggled way too much. And, you know, their games have had these huge swings where they're up by 20, 30 points and they either lose or eke out a win. And the way that the Warriors have been playing for the last month, that everyone is just shooting with assassin skill. I just don't think Boston's going to be able to outlast them. And no. so I, I do think it'll be a sweep. You think it'll be a sweep. Okay. Yeah. I, I am picking the Warriors. I'm picking the Warriors in seven. Um, I can see them winning in six as well. Um, I do think the Celtics will grab one or two. I, here's what my thoughts are, is the Warriors are unbeatable right now if they're shooting well. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. I mean, they're shooting. Sure. When they're shooting well, you're just not going to beat them because they're just throwing it in from the, it's up in ocean throwing it into. Um, but you can't do that every game over seven games. And I do think that there'll be a couple of games where they'll be cold. And the Celtics are going to make the Warriors earn all the buckets that aren't, they're going to make them earn every bucket they can. Um, I think it's all going to come down to make it competitive how Marcus Smart plays on either Steph Curry or Draymond Green. My guess they'll kind of switch him off, have him yeah. play a little bit of both. But uh, I think the Warriors, it's too difficult to try to hold them to poor shooting four times in seven games. Yeah. And I think, overcome. Yeah, I think the largest question for Boston is going to be, 
are their guys going to stay healthy enough to play every game in the series? Yeah. I mean, we've, we've already seen people out for one or two games, a series at a time. And, you know, everyone's pretty banged up this time of year. So it's well, one of those things that I'm just kind of like, eh, I just, I don't know. Yeah, the Celtics play, they are banged up, and they do play a physical style of basketball. Yes. They play hard defense, and they want you to earn every bucket. Yeah. And that could come back and bite them. I was talking to Tyler Jones. I was on the Jones Report last night, and he brought up a good point. I didn't know this stat. Since Steve Kerr has been the head coach of the Warriors, mm-hmm. they have won a road game in every playoff series they've been in. They've Makes never sense. gone – They've never gone, you know, a seven-game series and won just the home games. Right. Um, which tells me, if you're the Celtics, it is so important to get game one or game two. Yeah, they have to steal a game. They're going to have – not only that, but they've got to then defend the home court for games mm-hmm. three and four, and then you've got to steal one more. If yeah. they steal one from you, you've got to steal game five. And I just – again, I, I could see them stealing one, but I can't see them stealing twice. Right. Unless the Warriors are just just cold, it's cold as ice shooting. Yeah. So I do like the Warriors probably in six, possibly in seven. Um, I like the Celtics though. I think it's just unbelievable what they've done this season to get here. Going through the East, they're the team with the they're the most complete team. Yeah. One through the end of the bench. I love what they've done. Um, you know, you can say Jason Tatum is a superstar, and I believe he's probably just chipping under the tippy top guys like the Durants and the, the Stephs and the and LeBron's time will put him up there, I think. Mm-hmm. But he he's just not ready, I don't think, to carry them for seven games against a team that can shoot the way the, the Warriors can. But I think one of the best things the Celtics did was when Brad Stevens stepped aside. Yeah. Before um, the season. And let them have the other the new coach, and they knew that they could only go so far under Brad Stevens, and he recognized that. Well, and I mean, frankly, he's young enough that he coached a Butler, had a great run there, did a great run with the Celtics. He's going to have his time in the front office. It's going to be interesting, I think, where he transitions, especially now that they're talking about, I don't know if you saw this, that uh, Phil Knight and um, one of the Dodgers co-owners are making a bid to buy the Portland Trailblazers for $2 billion. And, you know, it would be interesting to see him kind of move around a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's, I wonder if Brad Stevens understands kind of, it's very, um, the thing that's admirable about it to me in his case is that he's very self-aware. Oh yeah. And he's so young. I mean, he's got so much time on his side. I think that he's going to, if he stays in the front office in Boston, he'll be fine and they'll win and they'll continue to win. They'll continue to be, they'll continue. They may not win championship on championship, but they'll be successful and they'll be in it. For the next yeah, year. it will be competitive. Yes, yeah. The other thing I think is really cool about both these teams mm-hmm. is that both of these teams have weathered the storm of losing one of those top-tier players. The Celtics losing Kyrie Irving and the Warriors losing Kevin Durant. 
and I they're think, both better off without them there. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I guess I don't see Durant as a big of a loss well, to the Warriors, maybe as Irving, as people feared Kyrie being. Well, I think, I think if you were looking at it on paper, I mean, Kevin Durant is one of those top three or four guys of a generation. Mm-hmm. But I think what it really goes to show, and people know I'm a basher of Kevin Durant's. This is going to sound like I'm bashing him. It's going to show that it really was Steph's teams all those years. Oh, it always has been. Yeah. That, so what I would liken the idea to was I liken Steph Curry and how he treated those years with Durant to Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. And how he treated it with first he had Shaq for a couple of years and yeah. Shaq left and came and then and then came LeBron. Yeah. It was LeBron's team. And but it was always Dwayne Wade's team. Yeah. He was. It was always D Wade's team. Even though there was the better player come in. And Kevin Durant's a better player than Steph Curry. But yeah. I disagree. <laughs> I I I think Steph Curry's a great one of the greatest shooters of all time, but he's not the he's not the player Durant. And look, I'm a guy who doesn't like Durant. Okay. Yeah. But I just the better player was Durant. But the thing is, is that there were a better team now without him. Yeah. You know, and that's I think that's admirable on both sides. The Celtics really wanted to get something done with Kyrie and it didn't work out. And Kyrie, I mean, as crazy as he is, that shit would never have flown in Boston. The shit he pulled this year with the Nets in Brooklyn. Who Boston fan would have had no sensibility about being kind to him about that shit. I think in some ways they both, both teams were able to dump drama. Absolutely. And that loosens the locker room up to kind of relax and not have to walk on eggshells around other teammates and that kind of stuff. And that helps a lot. I agree. I agree completely. But for those that don't watch the NBA, the hockey conference finals are on and they're fun. I mean, the first game with the Avs, eight to six, very high scoring. And, uh, you know, we'll see where the rest of it goes, but it's, it's a nice alternative if you don't like baseball. I did watch, what was that Monday night? No, Uh when did the Oilers flames end? I might have been late. Oh, night. that would have been over the weekend. Okay. I watched the, the clinching game for the Oilers and the Flames. I don't watch a lot of hockey. I like Connor McDavid. Yeah. And so I've, I've had the opportunity to see him in person once. He's phenomenal. He's the fastest human being I've ever seen on skates. Yeah. Uh, I could not believe how, how fast he can move down the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's become like my kiddo. He and I, we've adopted Connor McDavid as our guy. Right on. You know, which is kind of like adopting Gretzky. I mean, it's not, it's not, you know, I'm not a hockey guy at all. I don't really sure. know sport. I can watch it and figure out what's going on. I mean, just the kind of viewing the field kind of thing, the ice in this case. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things. Um, we were actually talking before the Avs clinched over the Blues. We were uh-huh. joking around about, I said, okay, if the Blues win, let's go to a game in St. Louis. We'll get Oilers gear. We'll order it on NHL.com. We'll get it rushed over. Uh-huh. And we'll just be obnoxious and go to the games. And I was talking to my boy, Ray B, Raymond, Raymond Brown. And uh-huh. he says, he's from St. Louis. He goes, Bo, he's like, let me tell you something. He's like, 
I'm from St. Louis. And you know, St. Louis is hard. He says, you don't want to go mess with those Blues fans. No. He's like, Cardinals fans are their own breed. And you yes. know that already. He said, with those Blues fans, they'll cut you. He says, you will not make it out alive. Yeah. You go to that game with the Connor McDavid jersey on and try to and try to be an asshole about it. Yeah, absolutely. So we were going to go full on asshole too. Just, you know, oh, you guys suck and this and that, you know, just to, just to have fun with it. You know, we wouldn't have got out alive. So it's a good thing the Avs won. And it's good because, you know, fuck St. Louis. I, I, St. Louis is one of my least favorite places in the entire world. I, I mean, hate St. Louis. it's interesting. I've heard from a fair number of people who are like, hey, taking the Oilers in part because um, they hate Stan Kroenke and he owns the ass. Yeah. Uh, and him moving the Rams out of St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, and they just, they like McDavid and it's a fun young player that people want to follow. Yeah. yeah. And he's what the NHL needs. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I understand people who are rooting for the Avs if they're from Denver. They're the team. I mean, yeah, I get it. You know, yeah. I'm only rooting for the Oilers and not to be spiteful. You know, yeah. if, if the Oilers lose, I'll root for the Avs in the finals. There you go. I'm not rooting for a fucking New York team. So you never know. So I just, I like Connor McDavid. I'm kind of, and I'm learning hockey. Like I've been around enough sports where I can watch a game and you can see it play out. Mm-hmm. Like you're watching a chess match. You can figure, even if you don't play chess or you can see how strategy works. You can kind of see that with hockey. Sure. With soccer. Those are two sports I'm really weak on. But um, I find hockey to be very exciting when I do watch it, and I should probably watch more. But I never e- grew up with it, so that's yeah. the part of it. Grew up in the South, we didn't have hockey. Even, even compared to soccer, it really is the only sport that there was constant movement at all times. Yeah. Yeah, I've just I've enjoyed what I've watched. I've watched, I've watched probably... I watched three of those five games of the Oilers in the Flames. Well, the Avs uh, puck drops at seven your time tonight. So tune in to TNT. The finals, the finals are at eight. So I'll, I'll probably go back and forth tonight. There you go. We're recording this much earlier than we normally do. I can be home and and no one will be home. Oh. Got a tennis, turn, a tennis match and Peyton will be working. I'll be able to watch a game and relax, pet my puppy and yeah. There you go. Yeah. I'll have Archie come snuggle next to me and we'll watch the games. <laughs> what in the... I don't know what that was in the background a moment ago. Somebody outside the O'Connor Advisor Group Studios just lost their shit. I don't know. So no no, uh, no issues thus far. Luckily, the doors are locked. <laughs> hey, you got to have something on there. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, the other one I want to get on real quick. Tommy Fan slapped the shit out of Jock Peterson. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know about this yet, if you're listening, so in, in the world of baseball, we've got a funny one. Uh, I actually have video up here if you haven't seen it yet. I've seen it. Okay. So pregame, Tommy Fan, Jock Peterson, they were teammates at one time. Um, and I guess they were in a fantasy football league together. Mm-hmm. Something happened, and Tommy Fan not happy with Jacques Peterson, and they get into a, a have a discussion pregame, and Tommy Fan from the Reds just decided he was going to slap the shit out of Jacques Peterson. Yes. Now, 
Jock Peterson got the had the obviously had some of the beat writers in his locker later on. Tommy Fan's been suspended. Was it two games? Three. Three. Yeah. I mean, it was not a lot. Three games. I get it. He had he no game, issue with it. He he was he just care. like, I'm I'm happy to take the three game suspension. Three games, it's yeah. fine. So it comes down to two things. There was a fantasy football argument, and then a a gif that was sent in the group text that both Peterson and Fam are a part of. Now, apparently they know each other, but they're not like friends. Right, because they played together, right? They played together at one point. I think they were both when, were they both Dodgers together? When Peterson was a Dodger, was Fam there with him? Either, yeah, either Dodgers or Padres. I can't remember. Okay, because then Peterson now plays for the Giants. Yeah. He's been since he left the Dodgers. Okay, well, anyway. Well, now he he, he, he was ever... with the Cubs in her in between there. Oh, okay. So so uh, there was also this this gift, and Jock Peterson has shared the gift with the rest of us. This is the gift that keeps on giving here. Okay, and so I have not seen the gift. The gift is great. I will send this to you. Actually, I'll share screen with you, so we can do this. Um, okay, can you see it here now? Yep. So it basically is just three weightlifters with those big bags where you swing it and you throw it over your head. And yeah, it's basically saying about you know the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Padres. And then as the bags come down, the, the one for the Padres catches the person and throws them backwards. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I can watch that all day long. That's cool. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it it's... And what that alludes to is last year, the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Padres were all running. I mean, the they were all kind of running neck and neck until late July. The Giants and the Dodgers kept playing at a frenetic pace, and the Padres just fell off late in the season yep. and collapsed. And I guess Tommy Pham didn't like Jacques Peterson sending that gift to him in the, in mm-hmm. the group chat. He says he didn't know him like that, as he was telling me. And then we understand this. A um, the other part of the argument had to do with the money in the fantasy football league. Because didn't it have something to do with being able to hold a player that was on IR? I don't know the specifics of that. Okay. What I have seen is basically fans not happy about money. Uh, Peterson is just like I don't know what the fucking problem is. And since both guys have thrown the commissioner of the Fantasy Football League under the bus. Oh. Have you seen who the commissioner of the Fantasy Football League is? No, I've not. It is Mike Trout. <laughs> Mike, uh, Tommy Pham said that Mike Trout is the worst commissioner in the history of fantasy football. Uh, Jacques Peterson said that, hey, you know, he didn't want to be the commissioner. We kind uh-huh. of talked him into it. And he didn't really do that great a job, this and that. So I have a question. You play fantasy football. Yeah. I have played fantasy football. Have you ever gotten in a fantasy football argument? No. So you've never had beef with somebody on fantasy football? So the way that I have played fantasy football over the years has been with zero fucks to give. And generally, there isn't even money on the line. Yeah. So... No, there's no reason to kind of beef or get pissed off about trades yeah. or, you know, picking people up off the waiver wire or whatever. 
I have had two beefs in fantasy okay. football in 20 years. Um, I worked at a place 15 plus years ago, longer than that now, mm-hmm. before I was doing what I'm doing now for a living. Okay. And I was in a fantasy football league and I was dominating throughout the entire year. I'm the number one seed to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And on the morning of the championship game, yep. two teams released their best players for my opponent to pick them up to play against. Oh. And of course I was upset. Now I still won the game. Uh-huh. Amazingly, because, well, I mean, I'm that good. I used to be that good. I'm not that good now. <laughs> I don't spend as much time on it as I used to. I still won, but I was fucking irate that day. Uh-huh. So much so that uh, a bunch of us were going to a bar to watch the games. Yeah. And I just threw a fucking tantrum. I was like, when the, one of them walked in, I was like, the fuck are you doing? You can't do that. And and they were like, no, it's all fair. I was like, no, there's a trade deadline. You couldn't yeah. do that. We agreed on this. And they're like, no, 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 that doesn't work for the playoffs. You can do whatever you want in the playoffs. I was like, you guys are going make the playoffs. Yeah. And they dropped their best players so this guy could pick it up because they were all buddies with that guy, not me. Sure. Got him. Yeah. So it was, uh, I still won, which was great. I got my money. But That's good. Uh, yeah. And then I got into it with someone um, each of the last two years mm, because mm-hmm. I felt that the, I don't like it when owners just disappear. That's just not cool. <coughs> you told me a little bit about that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, owners just should just disappear. And then the other piece of that is that we also shouldn't be in a league where uh, some people in good faith put their money up. Yeah. And some don't. And then you got to wait when you're the champion for someone else to pay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a problem. With any kind of pool that always sucks. Yeah. So I, I will never be in that league again. I, I decided after I won my championship and then my son won a championship in that league, we decided that we are out. Makes sense. Yeah. We have really nothing left to prove anyway. So take a flying leap. There you go. So I was curious if you ever had fantasy football beef. Yeah, no. I loved the fact that they went through Mike Trout. And the, like, like Mike Trout didn't have enough fucking problems being the, the player that he is. He's in Yankee Stadium to play the Yankees. He's got to answer a fucking question about fantasy football. I mean, you know, he don't want to talk about this shit. <laughs> I know, but everyone talks about that Major League Baseball is suffocating itself. Yeah. And sometimes this is the kind of bullshit you need to just have people connect with the sport (laughs) yeah that's a good point i hadn't thought of it that way that's a really good point we could have we need to have tommy fan and uh and jock peterson show up in the wwe now or just a celebrity death match you know old school you know let them have a couple of partners and they can have a match at SummerSlam or something you know there you go so all right well hey i want to jump into nil Mm-hmm. We've been talking at length about NIL and we've had, we're going to have a, we have next on Monday's uh, podcast, we'll have my interview with John Seaton from Elon uh, University. Yeah, you guys will enjoy that a lot, I think. Um, I'm looking forward about, to listening you know, to it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. He's, he's a great guy. And it's going to be talking about how some of these players are benefiting from NIL, name, image, yeah. likeness. And we were doing some talking last week off 
we talked a little bit on, but a little bit yeah. off about as well, about how it's kind of amazing that we're where we are at now. And we've also done what if, and I thought this would be a great way to blend what if with what's going on in NIL in the sense, yeah. what, what if players back in the day, whether it's a year ago, five years ago, whatever, what if those players could capitalize off of NIL? Sure. And so what we both did, we came up with a list. I did football, you did basketball. Yep. And we said, here are sort of the top five, like players we think would have capitalized the most. Yes. NIL. We didn't say, you know, we didn't speculate on, you know, different aspects of it. We just said, here's the players we think would have capitalized off of that. Uh, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? You can go first. Okay. Let's do basketball first. I, I, I'm interested to see your list. Okay. Let's do basketball first. So my list is a little fluid, admittedly, because I still think that you have to include that last class who was able to go in directly from high school to the NBA. Okay. Because I think if you look at Kevin Garnett, Kobe, LeBron, if they had something like NIL to entice them to stay they might have to yeah. actually go to college, yeah. maybe they would have, maybe they wouldn't, but the contracts really weren't at the scale that they are now. So maybe it would have been enticing for them to make a half a million, a million dollars um, yeah. at that point. Yeah. So you kind of have that cohort. I think the number one person that I kind of stuck on and there's a whole, you know, it's, it's all the, the bad boys of college basketball, but Marshall Henderson who played at Ole Miss from 09 to 14, I believe he would have probably been one of the rainmakers, you know, he's kind of like, I don't, he was just that dude. He was drinking on Bourbon Street during the tournament. Uh, he was always running his mouth. He would hit some big shots. No one really knew who he was until he started just showing his ass all the time. And I think he would have been very interesting. You mentioned Christian Leitner mm -hmm. last week. Mm -hmm. Again, it's, it's part of that like, evil kind of group you could tie in grace and allen to that i also think from a ku perspective the morris twins would have been fascinating i don't know that people would have given the morris twins a lot of money i disagree and it may be just because of the local market and i think that's what i was trying to think through today what impact is the local market versus a national kind of backing have on I that. I took that into account too on my list. I did. Because. The bigger names I, yeah. Yeah, I can think of the Morris twins and then like Kirk Heinrich and Nick Collison kind of being two tandems around that era that would have done, I think pretty well, both nationally and definitely regionally. Okay. So. I mean, there's other people, but all of them are just people that you love to hate. 
I was really trying to kind of find, I couldn't think of a player that was just really appreciated that could capitalize on it. And I'm sure people could call me out and tell, give me some great ideas. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to hear them. It just wasn't where my mind was going while I was working okay. through this. All right. I, when I did my list, and I'll talk about your basketball list first. So mm-hmm. I had a couple, I took some basketball notes because there was a couple that did jump off the page. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you said the, the those last guys who could go pro, LeBron would have cleaned up. Yeah. LeBron would have absolutely cleaned up. And even J.R. Smith probably would yes. have too. Yes, he would have. Yeah. I looked at it as a player that's got to be, if you're a, if you're one of those one and done kind of guys, like mm-hmm. Zion was another one that I thought would be one of those top five guys. Um, and it's because you have to be so highly thought of that people want your, want you on their brand, but then you also right. have to be so highly thought of that you are going to get to the bigger brands nationally mm-hmm. a lot of teams are going to already have local stuff yeah you know whether it's through the collectives or through local businesses mm-hmm. you're going to see that pretty much everywhere um the guy that i thought of and i thought of two people from the same era um and- two ucla players was lou alcender and bill walton and i think bill walton would have been the guy that would have gotten more nil so Not I clearly, in my view, but I think Bill Walton would have been someone that would have been front and center and gotten a lot of money. And he went to UCLA. Yeah. National national exposure, local stuff in LA. He'd have cleaned up. And I just I didn't consider anything pre-80s. I didn't consider a whole lot pre-80s, but I did consider that one. That one jumped off the page there. Bill Walton yeah. was the one I was like. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I thought about Pistol P. Maravich as well, but then I went, no, because he went to LSU. He was a smaller school. I he guess my have been natural. Yeah, my only question about Walton is that I don't know what he was. I don't know well enough what yeah. he was at UCLA at yeah. that time as a player as compared to yeah. the outsized personality that he is now. Well. Yeah, I mean, he was, I mean, he was a four-time All-American, and I mean, he was, you know, he won four championships. I mean, he's every, he was everything. He was, but I, I, personality-wise. Yeah, I think, but see, the other thing, I, and so I compared him and Kareem. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, Lou Alcindor back then, nice Kareem. Yeah. Um, the reason I would have taken, not personally, but the reason I said on my list, I would have said Walton would have been done more than Kareem was simply race. Well, that, and I don't Companies know. Companies would have given money to a white guy over the black guy. Sure. In the 70s. But would uh, Kareem actually sought any of it out? I don't think that Lou Alcindor would have sought a lot of that out. No, so, I, I agree with you on that. And that's some of the stuff I had to also kind of run through as I did my list. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because there was a few guys I thought, and I was like, hmm, no. Like, for the football one, Bo Jackson. I was oh, like, yeah. I don't think Bo Jackson would have sought that out. Well, and you look at somebody like David Robinson, right? While he yeah. was at Georgetown. I don't think he would have <clears> gone <throat> that route, but he could have. Yeah. Well, David Robinson went to the Naval Academy. I mean, it was, um, are you thinking of Patrick Ewing? Yes, sorry. But yeah, I think Patrick could... Ewing would have been an example of, and he was one of those ones I thought of too. It was like, this guy was wildly popular when he was yeah. in college. 
would he and have then, and and he was near dc georgetown and playing in the big east it would have been examples and opportunity in new york you know he's a guy who could have and yeah nil would have made patrick ewing a rich man in college and i kind of wonder the the tarkanian unlv teams the yeah. true run and gun teams yeah. in the early 90s like as a team i kind of wondered how much nike would have sponsored all those guys. nike would have done something with yeah. all of those yeah. with stacy augman and larry johnson and that whole yes that, that whole team was they, they were all, greg anthony that whole thing was awesome yeah um okay uh here was one that i thought was basketball it was a ladies basketball cheryl miller You know what? I Cheryl Miller's great. Uh, Lynn Woodward, who mm-hmm. KU great, I think she would have been fantastic. You're mm-hmm. seeing a lot of Sue Bird everywhere right now. Yeah. And I think UConn, the way that they run their program or Tennessee, um, now South Carolina. Yeah. It'll be interesting how they churn some of those those girls and allow them to get access to some of that stuff. But that's interesting. I'd like to see what Dawn Staley is going to do in South Carolina. Yeah. I think that she's going to end up doing something, get something going there. And um, I wonder if Gino Ariyama is going to be kind of a stick in the mud about all of it. Well, I think that Gino Ariyama is kind of in that group. We kind of mentioned it last week yeah. where, um, you know, he's kind of in that group, like Nick Saban doubled down this past week. He doesn't like this shit at all. And not because he doesn't like NIL. He doesn't like that it's not being regulated. That's what he says. Right. But, you know, I think there's going to be a group of these coaches who don't like it. And I think they're going to, have to walk away because they don't want to play in the wild, wild west. Otherwise, they would have gone to the, the pros. Well, and like I mentioned before we started recording, I just find it so disingenuous that these coaches and staffs are like, oh, this is so horrible. We've never had to do this before when it's just honestly been under the table for decades. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I got a top five from football. Okay. What and, you got? Uh, I didn't take anybody currently in football. I didn't take anybody. Like, I, Arch Manning's going to clean up. I mean, we know that already. He's going to going to get a whole bunch of money when he decides where he's going. I did read an article today that uh, Arch Manning said he's not doing any NIL deals until he decides on where he's going. That makes total sense. He doesn't want it. He said he does not want it to look like the influence of NIL helped him choose a school. Yeah. Um, I also hear it looks like Arch Manning's going to Texas. Uh, it's, it's down to Texas and Georgia, it looks like. Well, I mean, we've been talking about that for the last few weeks. It so. breaks my heart. He's going to Texas. Um, so here's my top five. These are my, I'm going to go from five down to one. Number five, Doug Flutie. No, I disagree. Doug Flutie would have cleaned up. Those gay, little guy, Heisman winner. I think he'd have cleaned up. He didn't hit the Heisman until his senior year, though. He wouldn't have. Yeah, but he was popular before then. Yeah, but the Hail Mary pass, I don't think he would have had enough coming behind him to capitalize, but it's interesting thought. Yeah. Before Tony Dorsett. Okay. Uh, the running back. It, yep. And he wasn't, I, I had this thing where I was like, Bo Jackson and Herschel Walker. And then I was like, Tony Dorsett would have been better. And mm-hmm. then I yelled in both of them. One, Herschel Walker is barely literate. We see that now. Um, yeah, we're not going to go. I mean, we're not, not going to go political today, honestly. I hey, uh, I yeah. can't speak to what he was in college. Yeah, he, he he's 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 yeah. So 
Uh, he's barely literate now, which I can't imagine in the 80s he was very, any more literate. So uh, it wasn't going to be Hurst. Even though I think, hey, I think Hurst Walker is one of the greatest college football players of all time. Sure. Uh, Bo Jackson was one I thought of. It was great, a two-sport athlete as well. But I thought he probably wouldn't have done much of it. He would have taken some money and it's been good. I don't think he would have done a whole lot of commercials until – because he wasn't real comfortable with it until he got his Nike contract. He yeah, but close. would – I wonder if had he had the opportunity and the structure around him? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, number three was the, – the top three were no-brainers. For me. Yep. Number three, Reggie Bush. Yep. Reggie Bush would have just fucking cleaned up. I, I mean, mean, he, he cleaned up as already is. anyways, right? He cleaned up as is. Uh, but he would have just been a monster. He would have been a multi-millionaire in college. Yeah. Just on USC and him being Reggie Bush, the number the big time recruit, everything else. Mm-hmm. As exciting as he is. And yeah. yeah. Uh, Reggie Bush was number three. Number two is Tim Tebow. Yep. Uh, Tebow would have been, he would have done every front-facing commercial he could have got. His oh, absolutely. On. And at Florida, he would have got a Gatorade contract in a minute. Oh, for sure. He would have been the nationwide cover boy for Gatorade. Yep. And number one, I think we kind of mentioned this last week, Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel would have hocked any product he put in front of him. That's why I'm still surprised, even though we mentioned it last week, that Brian Bosworth still did not make the list. I thought on that one. The, the issue with Bos was he was nationally known, but it, yeah. the Oklahoma thing. It's If you look, Manziel, Texas, they're Texas A&M, but in Texas. Tebow, Florida. Reggie Bush, California. Tony Dorsett's Pitt. I mean, it's, it's, it's the East Coast. Uh, Doug Foody, Boston, Boston College. You know, it's those mega places with mega money. And Oklahoma doesn't have that. Now, I do think that Brian Bosworth would have had some opportunities at a legit level. And he would have probably been in the next five. Without a doubt, he probably would have been six through 10. Boz is in there. Sure. You know, Bo Jackson's probably in there in six through 10. But that was what I got my other list as I was going through this. Another guy that would have been in there, frankly, just because he played in Texas, was Earl Campbell. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. I mean, uh, he was one I had on the list. Um, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was huge in college. I understand, but then you're like Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. I think, but his he was one of those rare people that even as a freshman in college, so like to your argument about some of the basketball guys. Mm-hmm. You knew who they were going in. People knew who Peyton Manning was the moment he got to Tennessee. I mean, in a time where they didn't even have social media, everyone knew who he was the number one recruit. He was, but he was every, everybody wanted him. And it was helping his father was Archie Manning. I mean, that was same as LeBron's son is the number one guy, right? Right. According to on three, it's, you know, Bronny, I don't know how, I don't know how, good Bronny James is. I, I guess, I, I guess that's why I find it interesting that you discount the, the Midwest. Well, I also know like in Tennessee's case, they have billionaire donors. They have, they have one of the largest collectors right now. Right. But the thing of it is, is if you have 
the personality, that was part of the reason why Marshall Henderson was such a thing for me. Yeah. I was like, he would have been able to do this. Ole Miss is not known for their basketball program. They no. really aren't. But a couple of years, they made a run with him on the team. Yeah. And his brashness and over-the-topness yeah. would have drawn a certain set of people to be like, okay, let's get like you in front of a camera because we know it. you're good in front of a camera. Yeah. And you, there's something to that. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I did just count a couple people because of where they went and that kind of thing. Sure. And that may have changed. They may have gone somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, we've seen it influence stuff with the basketball transfer portal, not yeah. so much football that we know of yet. Oh, we've seen right. it in football. Yeah, we've seen it. These, the way these Oklahoma guys, a couple of the Oklahoma guys with the USC. Well, USC's getting players left and right through the portal right now. So, I, I'm not sure that has just as much to do with preferring to live in LA as opposed to Norman. That's true, but it's also there's other players that have gone to USC now this year, other schools that are coming in because they're getting NIL deals. Yeah. You know, I mean, but, I, mean I guess it's just, but been, yeah, but there's also, you'd rather live in LA than normal. I'm certain right. than that. I, I but it's Miami. also more blatant, like the kid who transferred to Miami from K-State, who yeah. was just like, I'm going to get paid for, you know, a shit ton of money. Yeah. Miami has got, they got it going on with their collective. Got, well, sure. Dan Lambert's got some shit going on down there. Him and Jorge Masvidal. <laughs> and they got the other one that's the, um, the college hunks. Junk uh, gun hauling. They're yeah. They've got every player on the Miami football roster for five hundred bucks a month. Yeah. I I appreciate that these kids aren't scraping to get by. Yeah, um, I did see that the current NIL average is fifteen hundred dollars. Like a year, a month, a uh, fifteen hundred dollars a year is the current NIL okay. deal average. And how is that spread out? Is it, it was, just it was per like, player? It was per player per deal. So like for football, for basketball, for football. It was taking into account time. all known NIL deals across Division One. So all sports, all, all sports. athletes. Yeah. Okay, I mean, because that's a pretty large pool. <laughs> yeah, well, but, people talk about how Bryce Young made a million dollars this past year. Right. And that's that's a lot of money. And sure, you can argue that's maybe too much to give an 18-year-old kid. I'm not going to sit here and say that, but some people will say that. Um, but again, the NIL and the rules are to help some of these people get, just get by. Yeah. On Monday's interview, John Seaton talks about it. He's a walk-on at Elon and is making, I mean, it's reported out there. We don't really talk about it in the interview, but he's making 10 grand a month. He talks right. about how without NIL, he's a walk-on. He'd have never been able to pay to go to college. Right. And I, uh, it'll, it's a great interview. You guys will like it on Monday. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he talks about how NIL is the reason he can go to school. And well, that's what NIL is supposed to be. And it is. And that's why I just kind of asked where it was spread out, because yeah. the vast the majority – of these kids aren't getting anything yeah. still. Yeah, only it was something, oh God, I saw the number. It's still only like 23 or 24% of, of college athletes are getting an NIL deal. Yeah. 
And when you figure that there's whole schools that are, there's, well, not schools aren't giving it, but there's whole programs that are getting it, like most football programs. Miami, Miami football got 85 right. scholarships. They're all getting right. it. You know, that's going to sway that number. If that's yeah. Um, you know, Kansas basketball, every player's getting something. Sure. The collective. So uh, and that just happened. That's nothing wrong with that. That's, it's, it's within the no. rules. But that's why I just, but, but I the, hope. The, the girls' soccer player and the, the gymnasts, you know, they should be getting something too. They, they should. And I hope it does start and to they, spread out. Yeah. I did see Adidas sign their first NIL deal. Okay. You know who it is? No. Adidas's first NIL deal was, is with Rose Zhang, a golfer, ladies golfer from Stanford. Awesome. Yeah. The same thing happened with Nike. Nike's first one was a uh, female softball player from UCLA. Cool. You know, it's not the, some of these places aren't given the biggest name, the biggest dollar amount. Now right. fanatics is given Bryce young, half a million dollars. And I understand a couple of people are getting, you know, well into the six figures with some of these autograph companies, but yeah, I mean, it's, some of these deals are going to, the, they're doing it the right way. And that's important to understand. There's always going to be something. It's just like everything else we argue about, whether that's in sports or politics, yeah. unintended consequences. The bottom line is, is helping young people get through college. It's helping them get an education and to come out, to come out debt-free. And as someone who's a financial advisor for a living, I will tell you that a large percentage of my clients, their number one financial concern is student loan debt. Oh, yeah. And I think that's a huge deal to come out without any of that. And then, and a lot of these, the majority of athletes aren't playing on scholarship or full scholarship. They're having to pay their way through. They're having to do the things they have to do. So I'm all about this. So No, absolutely. I'll die with my student debt and it will like live next to me in my casket just because it'll never go away. It's like a part of you now. It's like a, it's like an appendage now. It is. It's a little symbiote that lives <laughs> on me. So, um, so I hope everyone, hope everyone enjoys our little what if on NIL. Yeah. And, you know, who would have made some cash? I, I, I think number one guy, I mean, Johnny Menzel, he would have hocked every goddamn thing you could put in front of him, too. Oh, he absolutely would have. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. So um, we're going to, uh, let's wrap it up here. Get us out of here on here on, on a good note. And it'll, it'll semi-short podcast for you and I. <laughs> um, try to get us out of here for the weekend. Uh, Monday, cleaning up, we'll have our interview with John Seaton. Uh, join us on that. I think you'll enjoy it. Next week, you and I will catch up. We'll talk about what's going on in sports. By that time, we'll be into the NBA finals. We might even yeah. know where the NHL, was, where the cup finals are going to be. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully Edmonton. Uh, no, sir. No. <laughs> uh, hopefully one of the teams in the West will win it. And then, um, you know, we'll kind of just update on what's going on in sports between now and then. So, uh, E, thanks. As always, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate you. Appreciate you. So, uh, hey, I want to thank Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox for all you do behind the scenes. Hey, I was the co-host. I had to step in for Tom Bridges on the Tyler Jones Report, on the Jones Report with Tyler Jones this week. Uh, it's upwards of three hours. So wow. we went a long time. We had our draft, a weekly draft. It was um, uh, movie, um, movie, char- sports characters. 
They're okay. Really best. Yeah. So um, I won again, as always. I win every week on that. I haven't lost the draft yet. So um, actually, Tyler did better than I thought he would this time. Good job, Tyler. Yeah. So, um, but hey, uh, uh, so I want to thank Tyler. I enjoyed that. It was a good time. Check out the Jones Report on the Studio Soapbox Network as well. Uh, thank you to Tyler and all his guys for they do behind the scenes. Uh, check out the David uh, David Starr on the podcast, David Starr and the NASCAR guys. Some funny shit going on, and David Starr's great. They're talking NASCAR. If you're in the NASCAR at all, it's not my bag always, but I really did enjoy their last episode. Uh, check them out as well on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm going to be on their show in a couple weeks, and David might be coming on here in a couple weeks as well. So right check on. that all out. Um, don't forget to rate us, review us, or it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. We appreciate every five-star rating. So until Monday, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. This is Ellen Wigginter, and uh, have a great weekend. Remember, your time tokens are non-refundable. Take care, everybody. <laughs>